girl. Welcome to the Empower Her podcast, where we are all about taking purpose-driven action toward building lives we really freaking love. My name's Keisha, and I'm an entrepreneur obsessed with giving you actual tools to help take you from where you are now to where you want to go in your life, career, and relationships. And this podcast is all about real talk and having some fun as we share incredible stories, tips, and tricks to help us get out of our own way and unapologetically make some moves. So girlfriend, let's do the damn thing. What's up, girl? I'm so excited that you're here today. We've got a juicy conversation you're going to listen in on. But before we dive in, I wanted to make sure you know about the fun idea that I had of sending out save the date magnets. So ironically, I was actually looking at my best friend, Jackie, who is on the show today, her save the date. She's getting married in a few weeks here in March. And I was like, you know what would be so cool if we sent out save the date magnets to everyone who's planning on attending Empower Her Live, our annual event. It's here in Denver, September 22nd through the 24th. Picture hundreds of women together in person, some of the most powerhouse keynote speakers, and just a really awesome opportunity for you to connect and have so much freaking fun for three days here in Denver. Anyway, Tickets are not even on sale until May 1st, but I thought it would be fun to physically mail you a save the date magnet. So every time you open your fridge, you can get yourself pumped when you see this magnet. So if you want one, again, it's totally free. All you have to do is text save the date, one word, to 512-548-2728. Again, text save the date, one word, to 512-548-2728. 2728. And if you're not on my text list, you can always message save the date to the empowerher.podcast account on Instagram. Just message save the date. We'll send you the link so you can fill it out and we'll send you a fun magnet for your fridge. I don't know. This was just one of those random ideas that I had. I was like, you know what? This sounds like some hype that we can all get behind. So anyway, without further ado, let's dive right into this epic conversation with my best friend, Jackie. What's up, girl? I'm so excited that you're here for today's episode because we have on the show Jackie, my best friend of 15 plus years. Jackie, what's up? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be really fun. So we had this idea to have this really raw conversation. We're going to talk about self-sabotage and decision-making. But for those of you that don't know, Jackie does everything back-end for Empower Her. If you are at Empower Her Live, you saw her on the stage for her first time ever, and you've probably interacted with her in some regard in regard to the brand. But what we wanted to do is really have this conversation because although we've been best friends for 15 plus years and we're so, so close, like picture this to the person listening into this picture, you know, the person that you talk to on five different platforms at the same time, <laughs> that's Jackie and I, it's like in the DMs, email, FaceTime over text, all the things. Um, but we also get to work together and build a business together, but we're actually not going to talk specifically about our story, but more so about how individually as humans, we are motivated very differently. And we also self-sabotage in a very different way. So Jackie, can you kind of give a little context around your personality at large for people that don't know? Yeah. So if you are familiar with the Enneagram, I am a strong nine, like through and through, I am the nine definition. Um, but what that means is basically, I really like to make people feel comfortable. I'm very easygoing. I'm good with the flow. I'm really good at kind of picking up on 
what's going on around me with people's emotions or what they're feeling or just like the flow and energy of like a group dynamic. And I can really adapt into that with people. So it allows me to fit in with a lot of different groups. I make people feel really easygoing. I can get people to open up to me pretty quickly, but that's, that's kind of the chameleon vibe sort of thing. Like just very, very chill. (laughs) Yeah. And you're really motivated for people that aren't familiar with Enneagram though. They might connect with this motive that you have, which is like, you really want people to feel at ease around you. Like even the way that you said this, like you are such a chameleon and that you can adapt to every single environment, which is a beautiful thing, but just like it being one of your biggest strengths, it's also a double-edged sword. Right. Um, So for me, for example, as an Enneagram seven um, visionary enthusiast, I have a lot of energy and excitement and passion. And on the flip side of that, I can also get really frustrated if I feel stuck when I can't do the thing that I feel called to do or that I want to do. And sevens tend to have a little bit more of a selfish nature to them where like I care about the impact that I'm making in the world, but I'm not as affected on a day-to-day basis by other people's perception of how I'm showing up in the world or even other people's feelings in a regular basis. Like, of course I can like make friends and connect with people similar to you that we both have these extroverted tendencies, but how I self-sabotage is very different than how you self-sabotage because of our different personalities. And I feel like there's going to be some women listening to this episode that are going to connect more with one of us and that like, oh my gosh, that is mind blowing to me that I self-sabotage in that way. So to kind of put this on you, Jackie, how do you feel like you self-sabotage the most? And like, why do you think that you do it? So it's kind of interesting. So I've gotten really good at recognizing it when it's happening. But for me, what I notice is when things are going really well in the sense of day-to-day life, like crushing my morning routine, I'm feeling really productive at work. I feel really clear-headed. I feel really just like balanced in all my social groups. And I just, I feel like everything's going really well. Um, What starts to happen is I'm realizing that I'm a level up higher, but to be that level up higher, I'm giving up certain things that maybe I did at a previous level. And I start to get a fear base about that where I'm like, Ooh, now I'm nervous. Now I'm anxious because if I have to give up that thing, what if I don't like to give up that thing? Or what if I have to change who I am and it's going to make other people feel uncomfortable. And then I start to go back to some habits or some excuses that I would make at the lower level. And so I catch it really quickly. My morning routine is like a really easy one for me to catch. It's when I start sleeping in, I start skipping workouts. I start going to bed later, all these things. And that affects my overall day to day. And it makes me feel more quote unquote comfortable because I feel more like I'm making everyone else around me feel comfortable by not being at that higher level. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> well, how do you think for someone listening in that connects with that too, it's like this leaving this prior version of you and being concerned about other people's thoughts about you leaving this prior version of you in case it reflects to them that they're not elevating to that next level in whatever area of their life that Mm -hmm. they know that they want to elevate to. Like, I know that's a big thing for you of like, you know, if you show up and you're like crushing it at work and you're talking with someone who doesn't feel like they're crushing it at work or doesn't feel like they're as aligned in what they're doing, how do you show up to that conversation? Yeah. So it's funny because there is this very like strong will to want to make everyone feel comfortable and to kind of be that chameleon. I can find myself downplaying what I'm doing to not highlight some of these insecurities. Like if they aren't feeling as confident in their body, I will downplay how I'm feeling about my body. I will downplay if they're not loving their job, I will downplay how awesome my job feels. Or instead of actually showing up and being like, Hey, you can do this too. I will basically lower myself to not make them feel uncomfortable because We all know like when somebody feels defensive or they feel like 
angry about something, it's because we're highlighting insecurity. And so I don't want to be the person that highlights that to them. And I will then morph into the insecurity with them instead, which mm-hmm. is helpful, but that's what I catch myself doing for sure. But the motive is to make them feel more comfortable in their complacency. Yes, exactly. Because Because that's going to make them not feel like you're reflecting onto them something. So like, I guess my take on this is, or my question more so is as things are going, I've never actually asked you this. So let's just ask it on the podcast. (laughs) But like, as things are going really well in our business, for example, which I mean, for people that don't understand, like, yes, I'm forward facing on this podcast, but like the reason why this works and is growing so quickly is because we get to do this together. You're the integrator. I'm the visionary. It works like freaking yin yang. Um, as the business is doing really well, or after we crushed our first event, which is like, you know, some of some friends that don't really understand the optics of like what we're doing and that we are doing things in a really big way. And it's growing on this like rocket ship mentality. Did did that feel uncomfortable for you when you were like talking to certain people about it? Like, did you like, did you feel more comfortable when we weren't crushing it? Because <laughs> remember exactly. the season when like it felt like crazy. Like we're like, what are we doing? And I'm like crying to you all the time. Like, I don't know, should we launch this? Um, you know, we're not in that season now, but it did it feel more comfortable for you, even though you didn't want that. Like, explain that kind of. So it's really like immediately what just popped in my head is I'm picturing two different groups of friends. Friends who maybe are crushing it in their career and they are loving it. They're really confident in their own lane. They don't care what anyone else around them is doing. And they're just like having a great time. When we weren't crushing it or when I wasn't crushing it as much, those are the conversations I was super insecure about because I didn't feel like I had something to celebrate, but I was Uh. way more comfortable with the people who were complacent or, you know, doing the nine to five grind or maybe didn't know what they were doing with their life and all of that in the bigger, so then now when it's flipped, it's the exact opposite. So the friends that are crushing it, I love celebrating what we're doing. And I am like, we did this and we're doing that. And like, I'm loving what I'm doing. But then the other group where I used to feel more comfortable and now I'm like, it's cool. It's fine. It's good. Like, you know, it's, I'm really downplaying it that wow. it can crush. And, and it's not even intentional. I guess it's intentional to some degree, but I will catch myself doing it after the fact where I'm like, why did I, why did I explain it that way? Or why did I not celebrate? Like, it's not just because I'm crushing it. It's, it's okay if they're not, and maybe they're crushing it in something else. And I'm tying so much of my own identity to how I feel and expect them to feel the same way. So yeah. So I love this because obviously, you know, and we'll talk about my perception of this and how I do this because it's drastically different. Like I don't (laughs) have that dichotomy, you know, to my personality. Like I don't even know how to adapt to people. Um, I mean, I guess I cognitively know how, but I choose not to consciously, but for you, what would you say to someone who's listening into this episode who really resonates with, they change their excitement levels depending upon where they're around. Cause you know, obviously we don't do podcast courses anymore, but we've helped hundreds of women launch podcasts. And so often people would come to me and they would say, Oh, it's just this little podcast. Like that's how they described it to their friends. And then they would be frustrated that their podcast wasn't growing or they'd be like, Oh, it's just this little side business that I have. And that's how they would explain it to their family. And then they would feel like their family doesn't support them or doesn't get their vision. And they'd be pissed off about it or really hurt by it. But it was kind of like, to me, it seemed like a no brainer. Like, well, that's because because you're teaching people how to treat you. You're teaching people how to treat your business, how to treat your podcast. So what would you say to someone who recognizes that this pattern that you have, they actually don't want to have that pattern anymore. They want to move towards being a little bit more bold and consistent in their personality, even if their tendency is to chameleon. Yeah. 
So two things actually came to mind again for that. Number one, the biggest piece of advice that I'm reminding myself to is being excited does not mean you're bragging. And so like, that's a very big thing where it's like, you can be really excited about what you're doing. You can be really honest about what you're doing. And that's not a braggy thing. And I think anyone hearing that, if that's you right now, it's going to hit. You're going to be like, whoa, okay. Like, I know exactly what she means. Yeah. That's something I've had to realize myself is like being excited about our podcast growth or being excited about how awesome our first event was and things like that. That's not a braggy mentality. It's just a really excited, confident mentality of like being really passionate about what you're doing. But the other thing that came to mind is, Sometimes, and I used to catch myself doing this a lot, where if somebody didn't understand what I was doing, that's when I would really downplay it because it was almost like I didn't want to seem too complicated and I wasn't giving them the benefit of the doubt of, you know, oftentimes, especially like family and things like that are like, I can't believe you're traveling so much or, you know, we're hosting our first retreat like three weeks before my wedding. And that is not stressful to me at all because I love what we're doing. But I'll be like, I don't get why you would do that. That just seems like it's too much. So then I yeah. downplay it. Oh, it's not a big deal. Oh, it's been fine. Oh, it's this. Because it's almost like chameleon in. I don't want you to feel stressed for me. So I'm going to downplay how this is instead of just explaining like what I'm doing so you have a better understanding of the big picture versus just like, no, it's fine. Like, don't stress for me. So yeah, like, giving them the benefit of the doubt of maybe just maybe they're stressed for you because they don't understand what you're doing. And so if you can explain exactly what it is you're doing, they might be like, oh, that sounds really cool. And now it's no longer a stress factor. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we know like cognitively and anyone listening into this episode that like people project their own perception onto you of life, but also how they would handle your circumstances. And I know I shared this with you a ton when we were a couple months out from our wedding last year. And like people were like, oh my gosh, you're doing all of these things and you're moving afterwards. And they would tell me I should feel stressed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm opting out of accepting your truth as my reality because we're different people and we handle things differently. And I truly didn't, I mean, you know, like you are the one that I talk to every single day. You knew I wasn't like stressed out about it. Although other people felt like maybe they would be stressed. And this is just a reminder to anyone listening in that when you catch someone doing that to you, it's like, they can only give experience or give advice from their own experience. And also the amount of stress that you can handle or your threshold of your capacity grows as you make progress towards a bigger vision. So like me two years ago, maybe would have felt like I didn't have the capacity to handle a lot of like moving parts, but I'm a different version of myself than I was two years ago. But for somebody that's not in the game, as in maybe they're not an entrepreneur like you, or they're not doing the thing that you want to do, or they're not, they don't have the type of relationship that you have. So they don't understand the dynamics. They can't possibly give you advice, which also means it's your responsibility to not take on all the emotions and the stress that they're trying to just like push onto you. You have to almost resist it, right? Well, so I was actually thinking the exact same thing. And an analogy that came to mind is like, we don't have kids. So the idea of looking at somebody who yeah. has three kids feels like that's a lot of children. But a yeah. mom has three, like, no, this isn't that big a deal. But she might look at a mom who has seven children and be like, I don't know how she does that. And then it's like, mm-hmm. if her you only travel two times a year, you might look at someone like, UK, she travels like once yeah. a month, you'd be like, that's a yeah. lot. But you yeah. look at someone who travels every weekend and might think that's a lot. So it's, you really work up to what is a lot for you. And so when someone's giving you their stress, it's kind of like, keep the perspective. How often are they doing what you're doing? And if it's a quarter of the amount, of course, they're three times as more stressed as you would be in that situation. Mm-hmm. That's so good, Jackie. So can you explain like the 
So I can imagine in your physical body, because like what's so interesting for people that aren't familiar with Enneagram, like it's so helpful. We obviously, we love it as like a, Mm -hmm. just something that we talk about often, but like you have this like internal, like anger (laughs) that gets suppressed because like you are not like people that know you are around you. Like, it's not like you're an angry person, but you have this underlying feeling that gets suppressed internally. So what is it? feel like in your body when somebody doesn't understand you and what do you actually do to get out of that? Or like, do you have any like tactical things that for someone that feels like maybe they're misunderstood and it could be because they're not choosing to explain, right? Like they have to also take responsibility. They're not choosing to explain what they're excited about or they're like chameleoning a lot. Like how do you manage that? And what does it feel like? Because I do think it's a really good opportunity to ask you this because again, you and I are wired so drastically different and I don't really actually know what it feels like to be in your body, you know? <laughs> yeah. So the anger thing is really funny because, yeah, it's like I'm not like a rage machine or anything like that. But yeah. it, when something is out of alignment or someone's not understanding something, it's like that center of my body. Just I can feel annoyance is a great word for it. It's like extreme yeah. annoyance. Um, yeah. But what I would do is what I used to do. And maybe if you're listening in and this is something you do, you'll catch yourself doing this where I would. That's when I would just dumb it down or I would just bail on the conversation. Like, OK, it's fine. But now instead, what I try and do is just remind myself they don't know what you're doing or they don't know where you're coming from because you clearly haven't done a good enough job of explaining it. So, okay, slow down, take a deep breath and be like, let me ask some questions or like, here, let me explain this in a different way. Or assume like a podcast is a funny example, like explaining to my grandma what a podcast was, (laughs) like trying to explain to her like in a way that she would understand it versus getting frustrated at grandma. It's a podcast. Like you put headphones in and just like, listen to it on your phone. Like, go. It's like, no, it's like a radio station that you can tune into and pick your favorite station and all that. And she was able to understand it. And that's, I would never yeah. grandma, but that's kind of the example yeah. of if somebody doesn't know what something is in your world, you have to really do the good job of being like, how can I break this down in a really simple way and use maybe examples or analogies or things like that, that relate to their life. Don't just expect them to understand your world because you live in your world. Like using mm-hmm. examples like a radio station to explain a podcast or something like that. Yeah, I love that. It's always going back to, and obviously we talk about this on Empower Her often, but it's always going back to taking the finger that we want to point it at somebody else, flipping it back around, pointing it at ourselves, and saying, what can I own here? Because it's it's interesting because like we talked about even at the beginning, where your biggest, one of your biggest strengths is that you are a chameleon. You can make people feel seen, heard, understood, loved, supported. Like you make best friends with people anywhere and they will tell you like their childhood wounds, like five seconds (laughs) in. You just make people feel so comfortable. It's one of the best gifts about you. On the other flip side of it, it's like knowing when to stand in your power and recognizing that that is a, a massive strength, but you also get to have this ability to loop people in and that people actually do want to support you and be excited for you, even if they're not in the current vibration that you're in, right? Like mm-hmm. you can be a really big source of inspiration for someone because you're so good at connecting with people that you can choose to then you, like lean into that more, right? And like explain things to them or understand for them to understand your logic and that could massively transform their lives. So it's like tapping into that instead of like, telling yourself the story like, well, what if that person doesn't like me? Or what if I make that person feel uncomfortable? Maybe that person does need to feel a little bit uncomfortable in order for them to live a better life. So it's like finding like whatever, like that micro like step in the right direction. I just think a lot of people can connect with that in you, you know? Well, it's interesting too, because 
something I've gotten really good at as of like, even in the last year, for example, is it can be really easy to get lost in like, when you're so much of a chameleon and you're always doing whatever, what you know, someone else wants of you, you can get really mm. lost and forget what you actually want or what's important to you or yeah. you know, the direction and dreams that you have and things like that. And so I've gotten in a really good habit of asking myself, do what, do I actually want this? And if I don't, it's okay to disappoint somebody or it's okay to say no to something. And it's not going to be the end of the world. They're not going to stop liking me just because of maybe I said no to something. And that's helped a lot with creating better boundaries, better relationships, more fulfillment and happiness on my end, because I'm not just, because that anger piece, for example, when I used to say yes to stuff that I didn't actually want to do, then I was mad about it. I was mad at myself. I was mad at the person for putting me in that situation. And they didn't even know they put me in that situation. Yeah. Affects, you know, it's like the whole thing we talk about where it's like, you can't get mad at someone for not, you know, knowing something about you if you've never told them. So it's like, if somebody asks me to hang out on a Tuesday and I say yes, and all of a sudden I'm like, why would you ask me to hang out on a Tuesday? (laughs) Like, it's not your fault. And then I'm like, oh, it's so sweet that they want to hang out with me. It's okay if I don't want to hang out on Tuesday. So Mm -hmm. it's really just kind of like getting clear. Do I want this? And if you catch yourself getting angry about the decision, it's probably a good indicator that we're annoyed at the decision that you don't want to do it. (laughs) That's so good. And it goes back to like, anyone can connect with that about boundaries. It's like, we get so frustrated, myself included. I get frustrated with people overstepping boundaries. Like, especially, I mean, long time ago when I was in the corporate world, I remember like when we lived together and I would get messages from Sinya, my old boss, (laughs) at like really late at night. And I would answer those emails. I was teaching them how to treat me. And then I was getting frustrated that I was answering those emails. And but like, he didn't even know I was frustrated. And I just kept repeating the pattern over and over again until at one point I was like, wait, I'm not answering emails at 11 PM anymore on a Tuesday. Like I, but I didn't, I didn't set that boundary. So I couldn't like get frustrated with him, even though I was so frustrated and I was letting it simmer into me, which is such a funny thing. Cause like, I wouldn't do that now. Um, but back then I definitely did, you know, cause I was more concerned about what his perception of me was and whatnot. I just have to pop in here real quick. And while I have Jackie and tell you about a company that we both vibe with that I think you will too, which is called Organifi. They have been a sponsor of this podcast since early on because I'm obsessed with their products. Everything's organic, low sugar, great price point, and it tastes good. Jackie, tell them what are your favorite Organifi products? Yeah. So they ironically are the same four as yours. I love the protein. I specifically love the vanilla. I love the green juice, the pure and the chocolate bowl to have at night. Um, but where I'm very different than you is I know you like to blend yours and have a little morning smoothie. If you're, any, if you're like me and you're kind of lazy and you don't want to clean the blender, I literally just put mine in water and use a frother and it is just as tasty. I'm obsessed with it. It's so nice. After the workout, just grab a glass, scoop it in, have a nice little meal. Um, and I love it. So the protein just can't speak highly and the green juice. And it's funny because so often, like, you know, you tried the green juices where you like have to plug your nose and you're like chugging it like you're at a frat party and it just like you have to gag in your mouth. This one, I honestly feel like we've had conversations about like, should we put tequila in this? Because it just (laughs) tastes good, right? Well, it's so good by itself, which is just like phenomenal in itself. Like it's just, it's really, really tasty, but it's even crazy to me. So I'll put the protein and the green juice together in water and froth it up. And even that tastes good. And like, when have you ever just had a protein and a green juice that tastes good without extra stuff? Like it's, they're just good by themselves. So yeah. it's crazy. And I think like why I rave about it so often too, is because like you can count on their products are just going to be really high quality. Obviously it's called Organifi because everything's organic, but it doesn't have a bunch of sugar in it. 
Like yeah. it tastes good, the protein, because like so many proteins, you flip it over and there's a bunch of ingredients. You have no idea what it is, or there's a crap ton of sugar. And it's like ingredients that I'm like, oh, thoughtfully, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What the hell is this? So honestly, we're huge fans of the products. Both my husband, Zena, and her fiance, Andy, use the products as well too. So if you're interested in trying them out, you can head to Organifi.com slash Keisha, K-A-C-I-A. Code Keisha gets you 20% off any item in their store. Again, we recommend the protein, chocolate, or vanilla, the green juice, so freaking good. The regular green juice. I like that one better yes. than the green apple. Yeah. The pure lemon, if you're looking for a caffeine-free little pick-me-up around like 3 p.m. if you feel like meh, meh. And the chocolate gold. Not the regular gold. Don't get the regular gold. Get the <laughs> chocolate one because it's like hot chocolate at night. So check it out, Organifi.com slash Keisha. So, so I have to like remind my fiance of this too because he's a one on the Enneagram. And so he his mm-hmm. thing is right and wrong a lot. So he'll get mad at someone like, well, they should just know. And I'm like, how are they going to know? Like, you have to tell them like, and also your reality isn't everyone's reality just because that's the way that you do it or the way that you would do it doesn't mean that they're in the wrong because they're not doing it your way. And so that's another mm-hmm. thing to remember is like, just because it's not your way or your ideal situation, one, that doesn't mean that person's in the wrong. Two, they just might not know that they're upsetting you or stepping over your boundary and things like that. So it's like, you do have to yeah. that. So good. Okay, Jackie, I'm going to put you on the spot with this. <laughs> and this might make you feel uncomfortable, but you know, I don't really care that much. No, I'm just kidding. I do. I do. So what do you feel has been the way that I self-sabotage? Maybe in this current season or previous seasons, like I kind of want, because a lot of times people that listen into this podcast, they see me doing these pep talks or these solo episodes where I'm like adding a lot of value of my perspective. But like, I think it's important to pop like the hood of this car. <laughs> Not a bad analogy, but we'll keep working with it. That like, uh, there's a lot of things that I do that I self-sabotage too. And I think it's interesting for them to hear from you as someone that's been close with me since our freshman year of college, how that's kind of evolved. So what do you, what do you feel holds me back? <laughs> mm, I feel like, well, so I know it used to be like, if this got too big, I couldn't handle it or I wouldn't get to be myself anymore. And so it was intentionally wanting to keep things small because you thought you could be more you, which we know. Yeah. Um, but especially back then when it was, you know, well, I, I never want to have, you know, more than X amount of downloads on the podcast, or I never want to have this situation. I never want to have a bigger event than whatever. Like it was was afraid of getting too big. And once we realized as it did continue steadily growing, that you were able to be more and more and more yourself and the more yourself you were, the more fun it was and the bigger it was getting anyway. Mm -hmm. So that one kind of like solved itself through time. But what's funny now is I know one of your things is wanting to do less, but better. And yeah. when that gets to almost feel because you've, you've grinded for so long and you've had to work yes. so hard for everything and you've worked so many hours and you've put in the time. And now that you're kind of at this place of really clear alignment, things like that, what I've noticed will notice is if you start to try and add in stuff, that's not an alignment to create chaos or to create, yeah. to create more hours or things or something that's going to grind. And then it's kind of we've gotten better at gut checking. Like, does that align with our goals for this year? Does that align with your goals for your life right now? And yeah. things like that. And not, also not making emotional decisions within 24 hours. Um. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I feel like we can dig into all three of those. So <laughs> the first one is, you know, we've talked about this on the podcast before, and I speak about this often at events too, of like a lot of times that we've think that we're afraid of failure, but often we're actually afraid of success. And sometimes it comes from this, like, can I handle it? 
Um, I'm not the person yet that can accomplish that thing because, you know, many women listening into this episode, if you're a big dreamer like me, like I'm a huge visionary, big dreamer, that means the distance from where you are now to where you want to go is massive. And when there's a lot of space in between that, like where you want to be, sometimes you can accidentally tell yourself these BS stories of like, I'm never going to get there, forgetting that you learn how to get there in pursuit of getting there. You learn all the skills that you need along the way. But for me, that wasn't really the problem. It was more so to your point, Jackie, that I was telling myself this story that if the brands got bigger, the podcast got bigger, the events got bigger, the opportunities got bigger that it wasn't going to be as much fun. As an Enneagram 7, fun and joy and freedom is the number one driver for me. Like I care deeply about impact, but the way that I want to impact is by showing women that it can feel fun. It should feel fun. It can feel free in whatever capacity makes sense for them. And it's almost like I felt like I would be too tied down if I had a ton of obligations. I didn't want my days to feel like super structured where I had too much stuff going on that I didn't have the freedom and flexibility to make my main things, my main things, like my friendships and my marriage and stuff like that. And to your point, the way that I like self-soothed with this was I recognized I had to kind of like test it out a little bit. And this sounds interesting, but just because of my upbringing, obviously, Jackie, you know this, but because of my upbringing, I grew up like being very self-sufficient and that self-sufficiency is a double-edged sword. It gives me powerful work ethic, but it also made me have a really hard time relying on other people, including you and Cena, the two closest people to me in my life. I had a really hard time even just like, not necessarily, it's not a trust because I like believe both of you when you say the thing that you're going to do, but I had a really hard time like letting go the reins of somebody else is going to be able to do this. And I didn't, I never even wanted the business until probably a year ago to get bigger than what I could do in a day. That if for some reason you just decided to like not want to work with me anymore, that I could do your job too. And like, I can't now, like there's no physical (laughs) way that I can do both what you and I do. And it's a really cool season to get to that stage in your business for anyone listening in that's in a business, or maybe you're in a corporate job and you have employees that report to you and you keep telling yourself, I'll just keep doing it. I'll just keep doing it. But you feel like you've got a lot on your plate. It's like, take a second and teach someone how to do it so we can get off of your plate, but also to teach yourself that other people are going to do it better than you because it's not in your zone of genius. And that was the biggest lesson is like now, as we continue to scale and things are growing at a really incredible rate, I now believe that that only gives me more freedom to give back in the world and to show up the way that I want to show up and more making more income. We can make more impact and we can do cool things for people that are deserving of those things. And I, um, and I, I don't really feel that way anymore about like this fear of success, but to your point about the, (laughs) about, well, one of them is pretty easy to just recognize is if you make decisions viscerally, like I do (laughs) give yourself 24 hours. hours. 100%. That was a rule, Jackie, that, so how it came about is I was speaking at an event and I got asked about an opportunity. And in that moment, I wanted to say yes, but I had to tap into a future version of me that had so much going on on her plate at that given point in time, like when the opportunity was, I had to say no, because I knew viscerally it wasn't a hell yes, but sometimes my excitement that I get really easily. Like, I mean, I'm excited all the time, right? Like when I get excited, sometimes I confuse that feeling in my body with like a hell yes, with just like my normal level of excitement. And that was really helpful for me. And hopefully it could be helpful for someone listening in too. Jackie, when you said, Keisha, like 
like, don't, like, don't make a decision on this right now. Like, you need to, like, stop and, like, we'll decide if you wake up tomorrow and you feel differently about it, then that's a different situation. And literally an hour later, that initial excitement faded away and I already felt glad that I didn't say yes to something that wasn't a hell yes, right? Well, it's so <laughs> easy to do and I even do it sometimes too where it's, like, you're in a really good conversation with somebody and you get overly excited and you make a plan with them right in the moment or, and that, that can be great. That's definitely great. But when you're overly excited and you're in a really good emotional space and you're just having so much fun, yeah. it's important to remember that you might not be feeling that way the next day or when the time comes yes. to follow through on that commitment. And you don't want to be the person that doesn't follow through on your commitments. I'm yes. assuming all of us that listen to this podcast want to be people that follow through and show up for the things that we say we're going to do. And so we have to almost be in a little bit more of like a neutral state when we're making important decisions. And, and it might be if you, if you're someone like me who I do need a little bit more like alone time sometimes, or I need like my own time or whatever, I can't pack out my social calendar. I really can't. Yeah. But if I start making a bunch of plans when I'm in this really high elevated space, then when comes future me, I'm like, I'm not in that space anymore. And yeah. now I'm overcommitted. And now I have to make excuses. Now I have to make people, let people down, disappoint people. And that puts me in a really guilty state. And I hate that. So yeah. I really tell myself, like, don't make those big decisions on whatever big is to you. For me, making a big decision might be making a social plan, but yeah. make it in a more neutral state so that you know, no matter what state you're in, you're gonna be able to show up for it. Because if you're overly excited when the day comes, you're going to be pumped. If you're in a neutral state, you're still going to be pumped. So yes. that's really worked for me. <laughs> that's so good. And also like one thing that's really cool about knowing how you make decisions. Like if you are someone who needs to verbally process it, that's me, obviously I call you all. I mean, how many times do I call you today? At least 13 FaceTimes <laughs> a day, like not even kidding. <laughs> Remember Jackie, when I texted you this a little bit of a t- tangent, but when we were with Mike, our friend here, for those of you listening in, that's an entrepreneur as well. And he was like, what type of communication channels do you and Jackie use to like regulate your schedule? I was like, I FaceTime or anything that we need to do. Like, what yep. do you mean? It works for us. But like, oh, that being said, <laughs> but that being said, it's like for anyone listening in, knowing how you make decisions and then looping in people that are close to you, whether it's family, friends, significant other coworkers on how you need to make decisions is so helpful. Because for me, it's typically pretty visceral, but then I, because I'm such an excitable person, I have to give myself time before I commit to something big. Um, and Jackie knows that like, and Cena knows that, right? It sounds weird saying Jackie when I'm talking to you, but you know, for listeners, <laughs> And then for you, I know that like you don't like to be put on the spot to make a decision um, right away because you're so because you want to think through like how does this affect you, Keisha? How does this affect me? How does this affect our community? Like you have to go through those checklists of things. And so I don't want to put you on the spot to make a decision right away. Like often I catch myself now saying, Jackie, think about this. Let's talk about it later. Or like simmer on this a little bit. But I only know to do that because you've told me that like you don't like you don't like to make a decision right at that exact second. So why I'm bringing this up is for anyone listening, you need to know this for yourself, but then you also need to know how to communicate that to other people and then know it for other people because it's really frustrating like even Cena likes to think through things more than I do, but I'm like, "Well, babe, what do you want to do?" And he's like, yeah. "I don't let me just think about it for a second." And that's not how I process. So putting my expectations onto somebody else is going to leave both of us feeling frustrated, right? Yeah. So, well, it's interesting that you bring up the that you want a verbal process. And it's also another really great bonus of like really learning yourself and learning the important people around you. I know when you come to me with an, an idea, you don't want my actual thoughts on it. It's just like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. Like, oh my gosh, it's gonna be so fun. But then yeah. I will think about it after the fact. And then I can come to you the next day when again, maybe we're not in that overly excited state and be like, hey, yes. 
here's some ways that we can think through this. And you often are like either, yeah, that's true. Or "Eh, no, I'm still in. And then we move forward. And my fiance can be the same way of he needs time to like sit in silence. And I sometimes want to try and fix it. I want to try and jump in and be like, tell me Mm. what you feel. And he's like, I just need like five minutes. But then the first (laughs) time with him is I'm like, I need to, I'm making an emotional decision. And I need your logic brain to be like, you're not going to actually want to go through with that. So it's like, it's knowing how to respond to a person in the way that it's going to best benefit both of you involved. So then you're not annoyed Mm. at each other or anything like that either. Well, and what you just reminded me is something so powerful that I feel I've learned, honestly, pretty recently, especially, you know, obviously the backstory of all this, but especially in my marriage with Cena, that like, I respect how different his brain works than mine so much more than I used to. I used to be frustrated sometimes. Like, obviously, we've been together for 14 years, but I used to be frustrated sometimes when like he wasn't thinking about a situation or acting the way that I wanted him to act. And that like is so unfair and it's also not very helpful because like I'm married to someone just like I'm building a business and have as a best friend someone who's very different than me and while it's great to have those commonalities and that's important what I actually value most like is your differences like the way that you look at something different than me and I don't want you to be more like me just like you don't want me to be more like you we actually need both of those just like in my marriage and in other friendships where it's like I found myself to be underwhelmed by people that agree with me all the time or mm-hmm. under or like it like it's unhelpful for me to be around people that constantly have the same perspective I just don't enjoy it anymore at this stage in my life I want to be around people that stand in like this is what I believe to be true. But also I think what's really helpful for someone listening into this is if they have someone in their life that maybe is more like you and that they can chameleon, they have to also understand like how much their opinion is valued and needed for them being them. But we have to take the responsibility because I've told you so many times, like Jackie, I love that you're down for everything, but I want to know like what you think because your individual opinion is valuable to making this the best decision. Like for those listening and they don't know this, we call our avatar listening into this podcast. And in our community, we call her Ashley. So often I'll say, Jackie, you know, I'm excited about this as Keisha, but what do you think Ashley thinks about this? So you can tap into Ashley's brain and think from Ashley's lens, which again is one of your biggest strengths, right? Yeah. When I was was giggling to myself, I know you're serious too about wanting actual feedback when you're like, I don't want you to be nice. I don't want you to just like, tell me what I want to hear. Like, I actually want your opinion. And, so I'm like, okay. and I go into it almost like breathing heavily, like, okay, let's do this. Get ready. Get ready for like some feedback. And it's like so nervous, yeah. but it's helpful for you to tell me ahead of time. I actually want this. So then I'm not going into it being like, am I going to upset her or anything? It's like, nope, she wants this. And it's actually going to make her happier if I give her this feedback. And so that's yes. just like a really helpful thing that you do. Cause I'm like, okay, I know she actually wants it. Let's bring it on. Let's do it. Yeah. Well, and knowing people like this is why just like gaining and obviously I'm a huge advocate of the Enneagram. We'll we'll plug in the show notes. If you're interested in taking the Enneagram test to figure out what your number is, Tracy O'Malley is the best. She has an incredible test that is so accurate. It gives you like a 75 page blueprint if you're interested in Enneagram, because that is a huge reason why you and I understand each other so well. We understand other people so well. We understand our significant others so well. Like it really does help so much in every single aspect of your life. But outside of that, I think it's like, recognizing 
you should feel really proud of yourself to the woman listening into this podcast. You clicked on a podcast that had self-sabotage and decision-making in the title, and you're choosing to tune in to podcasts like this and you know maybe other podcasts as well to do the work on yourself. And it's it can feel very vulnerable and often unsettling to recognize the ways that you're holding yourself back and how often like you might be the problem right now. But what's so beautiful about that is that if you're the problem, you also get to be the solution. And I've always found that to be so empowering that like, as we learn more about ourselves, we get to like uncover these parts of us of like, what are the ways that you're self-sabotaging? Like, I'm very aware that I grew up in a chaotic environment and I don't want to create chaos anymore. So I have to put in different roadblocks and boundaries and communicate this with people around me to help support me in this. But if you don't know what's holding you back, you can't have other people around you support you as well. So I just, I don't know. I just always feel so grateful, obviously, that we get to do this podcast and we get to have this community of women and have real transfer, like transparent conversations like this on the show because I think it's helpful for people that picture, you know, like they're just sitting with us, Jackie, like having this conversation and we're like, drink a spicy margaritas or whatever together. And thank you for being so open because I know I put you on the spot a lot at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> thank you so much for that. And also... We're thinking about like bringing in regular conversations like this into the podcast. So if you are on the text list, I want you to text the word bestie. So if you're on the text list and you get my little inspo text, or if you're not on the text list yet, um, text the word bestie to 512-548-2728. If this style of podcast episode where we kind of just have two topics that we're just really open about and we're just having a conversation was helpful for you. Um, or of course, as always, if you want to tag it on Instagram at Keisha Getmary, at Jackie Coba, at Empower Her Podcast, so many things to tag. Um, but it's just really helpful because we are creating this podcast to be a come with me, let's figure out life together. But I also see so much value in sharing, yes, having interviews on the show, but also you and I as like we're learning and evolving and we're so willing to be so open about our growth in real time that I feel as if that can be really helpful for people. So let us know if you vibe to this. Thank you again so much. And thank you, Jackie. I love you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you shared it with a girlfriend, like send it to her right now or post it on social media and tag me so I can personally thank you for helping me get the message out. I am so freaking grateful to be on this journey with you, girl. So until next time, I'll talk to you soon.